Blog Talk Radio. at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and co-host, Patricia Glover-Howard. Hi, Patricia. Well, Patricia, you can't say hi if I don't unmute you, right? Hi, Patricia. Oh, good evening, Bernice. Good evening, well, Patricia is going to be monitoring the chat room and summarizing your comments. Well, a special welcome to the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. Now, if you have logged in as a guest and you wish to participate in the chat room, please sign in through your Facebook account or Blog Talk Radio. Well, tonight's show will focus on the International African American Museum's Center for Family History, which is one of a one-of-a-kind research center with a special focus on African-American genealogy. And you can visit the IAMCFH website at www.psch. Hey, we're going to post it in the chat room so you can see it. Now, my special guests tonight are Tony Carrier and Robin Foster. Tony Carrier is an anthropologist, historian, and genealogist. She holds a master's degree in applied anthropology from the University of South Florida and is the founder of Low Country Africana, and we love Low Country Africana. She is also the co-founder with Angela Walton Raji of the Mapping the Freedmen's Bureau program. So you all know all about Tony Carrier. Well, Robin Foster has been researching and helping people discover and share information about their ancestors since 1985. And as a blogger and freelancer, She has worked to heighten awareness of genealogical and historical resources through social media. 
She has worked as a family search missionary from May 2007 until July 2013. And Robin is a hub spot certified inbound marketer. She was selected as Family Tree Magazine's social media mavericks, 40 to follow in 2014. And Robin is currently consulting to establish the Center for Family History at the International African American Museum. So let me give a warm welcome to Tony Carrier and Robin Foster to research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Tony and Robin. Thank you. It's wonderful Thank to be you. here. Well, you know, yeah. I, I, you should hear me. I'm just jumping. I'm so excited. <laughs> but, Tony, <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, look, every time I look on Facebook and I see Robin posting, it's just like opening up a Christmas present because you all are just providing so many wonderful resources. So, Tony, oh, let's start you, with you. Sure. Let's start with you. Tell us about the International African American Museum. Okay. The International African American Museum is under development in Charleston right now, and um, it is being developed on, on the site of the historic Gadsden's Wharf in Charleston, which is sacred ground because it's the place where 41% of all enslaved Africans brought to, United, to, brought to North America took their first steps off of a slave ship and onto American soil. Um, the museum will tell the story of the Africans and African-American ancestors that uh, built Charleston into one of the wealthiest cities in what would become the United States through their forced manual labor. Um, the museum is hoping to become a place of pilgrimage where African-Americans can honor their ancestors in the place where their ancestors arrived. Uh, we're scheduled to open in late 2019 or early 2020, but the Center for Family History's virtual presence is live now via our website and social media. Oh, okay. So, so tell us more about the uh, International African American Center for Fat Family History. Is it is it a virtual center? Because you did just say virtual. Or will there be physical space or both? It's both. <laughs> We're live right now on our website and on social media, um, offering online resources for African-American genealogy. We'll also be doing some pop-up seminars in the community. And then when the museum opens, the Center for Family History will be an actual physical space within the museum. And um, we will be a research center offering research collections, uh, research assistance, and assistance with DNA testing. So what we're hoping to achieve through the center is to personalize the visitor's experience at the International African American Museum um, by offering resources to help our visitors research their own family history and their own part of the story that's being told in the museum. Um, you know, it's one thing to, to visit a museum and, and look at a, a museum exhibit about genealogy, but it's quite another thing 
to personalize that experience, take it a step farther, and actually on the site at a museum, research your family's history and leave maybe with, say, your great-grandfather's military service record or your great-grandmother's marriage record. And that makes it a much more um, meaningful experience for the museum visitor. And as, as far as our thinking, we can't think of a better location for this center than the International African American Museum and Charleston. Um, because of Charleston's role in the Atlantic slave trade and then later planter migrations and the domestic slave trade, the people who came into Charleston were scattered all throughout the United States. And as a result, many thousands of African Americans today have at least one ancestor who came from Charleston or through Charleston. So our location, you know, within a museum that tells that story allows us to, to really contribute to a richer experience for museum visitors. Right, and you you said something that people will walk, they will walk in there and they will see exhibits, but then by them actually researching and finding information about a family member or an ancestor, yeah. as you said, this is a very meaningful experience for them to have when they come in to the International African American Museum. So Definitely. Tony and Robin, what are your roles at the center? Um, I am directing the project during the museum's development, and then after the center opens, I will direct the center. And Robin? Robin, you have comments? Hey, Robin will be directing our um, genealogy education program after the oh, museum opens. Okay. And she's directing the genealogy education program um, during our development and on the website and also on social media. Yes. Now, you you recently launched the center's website. You had this big, wonderful uh, launch <laughs> and, and social media presence. So why did you decide to launch before the museum actually opens? Well, the museum's been in the planning stages for several years, and uh, launching the Center for Family History, um, we saw as a way to sort of make the museum real and tangible in the community by launching the first, you know, official program. Um, there's so much that we can be accomplishing now that it makes perfect sense to, to launch the center ahead of the museum's opening. And Robin can elaborate for you on um, what she hopes to accomplish with her program. So I'll turn it over to Robin. Have we lost Robin? No, she's still here. Robin, are you there? Robin? Hmm, okay. Well, um, Robin is going to be managing our, uh, directing our educational program. And... Um, so she has an awful lot planned for uh, educational programs, both pre-opening and after we open. Uh, before we open, we'll be doing uh, pop-up genealogy seminars in the community, and we're going to start doing those in October. Um, and then um, Robin has the Facebook group and also 
the Facebook page, and we have our social media presence on all the channels. Um, and Robin's doing some tremendous things in the the group. And I think I maybe heard Robin maybe buzz back in. Is that you, Robin? Are you back? I'm not sure. I'm hmm. sending Robin a, a message to see. Okay, she may she be having. Okay, she may be having some is having um, audio problems. Difficulties right. with the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So she is launching a number of um, initiatives. We've launched already a number of collegrams um, on, on the website, and we can discuss those in a bit more detail a bit later. But um, And she's also now just building a, a, a very close-knit research community where when people sign up, she has a few questions for them to get to know them, like, are you a beginner? And you know, who and, and where are you searching, et cetera. And we've just had so much enthusiastic participation in the research group. It's It's been wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit more about the research group. Sure. Um, we, we just want it to be a place where um, anyone can ask a question, regardless of their experience level, um, you know, if you're just beginning and you want to ask a question about how to get started, if you've been researching for a while and, and then you're stuck and just can't seem to get past a certain ancestor or just can't seem to find an ancestor in the census or any other record, you know, those are the types of questions that we're always ready to uh, help with. And so we, we're pretty diligent about when people do post queries in the group, we make sure that somebody takes that question and owns it, you know, and carries it forward with the person until we have a, um, a, a resolution or determine that we ourselves can't find them in the census, too. <laughs> because sometimes that does happen. <laughs> but, right. Um, well, yeah, I have so a, research... a question coming out of the chat room. They want you to explain a little bit more what, what pops up? What are pop-ups? Oh, pop-up seminars? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we, we won't have our building. We won't have our building until uh, late 2019 or early 2020. So a pop-up seminar is just a seminar given in, a, in somewhere in a regional location uh, where we have perhaps a host venue like a public library or a historical society, you know, maybe an OGS chapter, and we'll give seminars on um, a rotating uh, series of topics. So our goal is to give beginning, intermediate, and advanced genealogy every single year in three pop-up sessions. And then we'll cover special topics like, um, you know, finding maiden names or, or sorting out two individuals who have the same name so you know which one of those, if, if any, are your ancestor. Um, so we're really excited about the education programs. And I do hope we get Robin back in here because um, uh, she, she really has a lot of um, exciting uh, news to share tonight. So. Right. Well, Robin, you have any exciting news you want to share with everyone? Yeah, besides getting uh, something to have with, with the phone. But um, I'm, I'll start with what I was going to say, the director of um, genealogy education, who I am. And if you notice the two diagrams at the top of the, um, above the chat, 
You can look. I'll talk about those right now. One sure. Go ahead is on. CF, okay. One is CFH assistance, and it's surrounded by the things that the patron will be going through. It's called the patron journey, and they're actually when you are doing research, you're going to be doing these things, getting started. Choose an ancestor, record what you know, find a record, evaluate the record, and share with your family. And we will be there assisting you through those steps, okay? The next diagram tells you what are some experience you'll be having at the center that along that along your journey. We have specific things that you'll be working on that you choose. Now, now some of them are written down here on the IAAM CFH experience. Some are DNA testing assistance, community programs, ongoing seminars, research assistance, family history assistance, assessment, beginning resources, on-demand library, online education, youth programs, and much, much more. So even though you have these, the first one, you have the steps. You have things that you'll specifically be doing at the center. And those two diagrams come off of a, a PowerPoint that I'm working on. But that pretty much is the gist of what we're doing. The other part of my responsibility would be the social media. Um, and that's pretty much started um, already. We have seven, so far seven, social media channels. Um, you'll probably be able to put them in the, in the chat. Um, the Facebook group, which is facebook.com groups, forward slash groups, forward slash I-A-M-C-F-H. The Facebook page I is facebook.com forward slash i i. I A A M F C F H Instagram Instagram dot com slash forward slash I A A M C F H Pinterest same they go pretty much the same Pinterest dot com forward slash I A A M C F H Twitter Twitter dot com forward slash I A M sorry I A A M F CFH, LinkedIn, we're on there. That one's a little bit different. It's linkedin.com slash in slash IAAM dash CFH. And then Tumblr is different too. IAAM CFH dot Tumblr dot com. Well, Robin, with all your social media channels, we definitely will not miss you. You are everywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is wonderful. My goodness, this is what, seven? One, two, three, four. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're everywhere. Yes, That's not yes. all. Um, we'll, we'll work in uh, Google because there might be some people that don't like Facebook that will have to do a research group, and we'll be able to do a good one, a good one on Google. Google Plus. Wow. 
Okay, so you are on all the channels. So <laughs> this is a wonderful research, a resource for all of us. So take us to some of the key features of the center's website. All right, I can start, and then Robin can um, can tell you about her areas of the research. Re- re- of the website that uh, correspond to her programs. Um, of course, the home page is your is your table of contents to uh, navigate anywhere on the site. And we have a really long uh, home page that you can scroll down, and there's a section for each important section on the site within the home page. So you can just scroll down and, and scroll down to something you're interested in and click, and it will take you to that part of the website. Right in the middle of the homepage, there's an explore grid. And um, it's a grid that, that, that breaks up all the individual parts of the website and you just select what you want and you click on that grid and it'll take you right over to where you want to go. And then we are building several online collections and all of our online collections readers can contribute to. And we encourage, nay, beg you to contribute <laughs> documents to our research <laughs> collections because we're hoping to build some really strong um, and invaluable resources for African-American genealogy. So some of the um, collections that we've started already are we have a collection of marriage records that we have gleaned from um, newspapers digitized on uh, Chronicling America. Um, and we've digitized those and indexed them within the post to make them amenable to a Google search so that you don't have to go over to Chronicling in America and sort through a lot of um, search results in order to get to, for instance, the marriage record for your specific family. So um, we are also gathering and uh, have a few up funeral programs and obituaries. Um, as, as many of us know, most of us know, a funeral program is just one of the most tremendous um, resources that you can have in African-American genealogy or in genealogy period because the obituary typically is in the funeral program, details about that person's life, details about their family connections. Um, and if you start your family research by gathering your family's funeral programs, you will be way ahead of the ball game before you ever start because you'll have so much more information by um, reading those. So we are collecting funeral programs and urging our readers to uh, contribute. And then Robin will uh, tell you about the educational portions of the website. So I will turn well, that over before to her. Robin, before Robin comes on, we do have a question. And then we're going to okay. take a quick break and come back so that Robin can All tell right. us about the educational. So the okay. question that's coming out of the chat room is regarding the collections. Are these mm-hmm. from any area or just focused on the Carolinas? Every year we are. The, the museum is international, and, and we are too. Um, and so we gather resources for every county, every state in the United States, 
we gather resources for um, Nova Scotia, Liberia, Sierra Leone, places where the African diaspora is is um, typically connected to. So we welcome resources from anywhere, virtually anywhere. And then the finally, uh, another of our collections that's very popular, we've had some great submissions to, is our Ancestor Archive. And this is where you can uh, log on to the site and you can upload your ancestor's photo and share a story about that ancestor. Will appear in our ancestor archive gallery. We've already had some tremendous, some tremendous and really beautiful ancestor photos contributed, and so we encourage uh, our readers to continue to share and build that page. Oh, that is wonderful! Well, we're going to yeah. take a quick break. Come back, and then Robin is going to talk to us about the on-demand learning library. So just a quick break, everybody. Welcome back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, with co-host Patricia Glover-Howard, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Now, you have been listening to Tony Carrier and Robin, and Robin Foster from the International African American Museum Center for Family History. So, Robin, tell us about the on-demand learning library. Okay, it's located. It's on. You can get there from the home page, and if you click on Learning Library, you get to click on Learning Library, and you go into that, and it will take you to the on-demand learning library. Now, it's about six different categories broken up, okay? My favorite one so far is the video category. We'll leave that one last. But we have beginning genealogy, and it's easy. Are you ready to bring 
your ancestor ready to begin their research. Anybody that you're starting your research on, you go there. Um, beyond the basics, digging, uh, deep digger, by taking your research beyond online records, learn ways to find the next generation and find difficult information going beyond the basics. So it's more than the beginning. The next one, problem, research problem. Um, learn how to find maiden names of female ancestors. Resolve conflicting information. Learn how to sort out individuals with the same name. Spot and, and fill the gaps in your ancestors' timeline. Learn skills to get beyond these research problems. Um, let's talk records. Here you, here you have run out of records to research. So you go through the steps to find records. When you don't have any more, you know, you search all you can. They'll help you find records. Um, the other uh, category is DNA basics and beyond. You can start out at the beginning, or you can learn more about the advanced stages of DNA. Now, learn about all things DNA. Learn how DNA testing works. Choose the right test for you. Learn which relative you can strategically test. Learn to interpret DNA test results. Now, there's um, an online gallery, which I'm going to go into that one. If you click on an online gallery... It's not coming up. There it goes. This is a gallery of videos. Now, um, Nika Smith has some there at the bottom. There's the five generations from enslavement to public service in Atlanta. That was a good one. The International African American Museum. And Nika has three of them on here. Um, five lives about African American genealogy and family history researches. Five things that we believe that are not true. Um, five truths about DNA tests. And then Grandma was, why was why is it not showing up in your DNA record? Okay. The DNA doesn't lie. You may have something different that grandma was, but DNA doesn't lie. And um, this is a good example of in-depth video videography. Another thing that I am supposed to be um, responsible for is uh, the blog. Now, the blog, the blog come from anybody that would like to submit a blog. And I regularly submit the blog, too. Um, now, what I do at the bottom of the ones that I have that I would like to get going is the sharpen the saw. After you read the blog post, whatever one you, whatever one you read, there's a sharpen the saw assignment. And you go back on the Facebook page and you put out if you did the assignment. And this is to get you in the habit of recording and doing, if you haven't done it, especially if you haven't done it anymore. 
Um, Now, I just want to ask you, you said that with the blog, you're encouraging others to uh, to blog yes. on your site. Do they send the blog to you and you upload they, the blog? It was sent to Tony at the moment. Okay. Yes, we have a we have a we have a feature, we have uh, featured articles, and and we were really fortunate to launch the center website with um, featured articles from some of the foremost experts, including Bernice Bennett. Let me just run through some of the um, featured content that we launched with, and I'll say we really we really contributed to a tremendous launch for us. Angelo Alton Raji talked about beginning genealogy and finding your family story. Um, Robin has a post on there of where a death certificate can lead. Nika Smith talks about winning gold when starting genealogy, and uh, her byline on that article is avoid these common mistakes, uh, beginner's mistakes, when you begin to research your genealogy. You, Bernice, Prevention files, which, by the way, Bernice, that's one of our most read pages on the website, is your article about USCT pension files. We've had wonderful tons of visitors to that. Yes, and people are actually staying on that page and reading through that whole article. So you, um, you really hit the mark with that. Um, Shannon Christmas uh, wrote a wonderful article on beginning DNA, if you're just starting out and need to know where resources are for, for uh, DNA research. Shelly Murphy wrote a wonderful article called Timelines Keep Your Ancestor Search Moving Forward, and that article concerns um, making out a timeline of events in your ancestor's life and then looking to see where the gaps are. And where the gaps are, that's where you need to find records to go and fill in information. So uh, in that article, Shelley presents even a sample timeline that she uses and invites uh, readers to adapt that and use it themselves. And let's see what other feature articles we have here. I'll make sure I cover everybody. It was really, really a tremendous launch on social media and also on the website. Um, Akozua Moore, who is who has deep roots in the Low Country, her featured article talks about her discovery of her family's roots and how it all started out with just one document and. This article is so compelling. I, I, even as I was building it to put it on the website, um, by the time I finished that article, I was so emotionally invested in that story. It was unbelievable. <laughs> she really does a fine job of, of taking you on her journey with her. She talks about finding her ancestors' USCT pension file at the National Archives and all the research windows that that, that opened up. And then Kimberly Morgan wrote an article called Speaking with the Ancestors, The Journey Begins with a Tombstone. And this is uh, about uh, Kimberly's discovery of a long-forgotten um, African-American 
cemetery on the grounds of a military base. And um, as it happens, it, the USCP uh, veteran that she saw a headstone for and started researching was a Kosovo Moore's ancestor. And so a Kosovo Moore talks about her journey to discover her family, and Kimberly Morgan talks about her journey, and then their articles merge, and they talk about how they connected and how they've been connected ever since. And it's a, it's a wonderful article. And then we launched with a, a featured video called Five Generations from Enslavement to Public Service in Atlanta. And this is a documentary film that was made by Lauren Wilson, Laurel Wilson and um, William Davis. And it talks about an extraordinary family in uh, Atlanta who began serving the African-American community right after the Civil War, and it's been a tradition of leadership in their family ever since. Like their original matriarch, Found, sort of found and rounded up about 100 or so children who were left unattached after the war with no one to care for them. Maybe they were orphaned. Maybe they were uh, far away from their homes, you know, as a result of the domestic slave trade. And she uh, started caring for them in a boxcar, a railroad boxcar. And that led to having a home for children and then the succeeding generations um, have kept up that tradition of public service. And so um, I really recommend that video. So, um, yes. And that video is on the website. Yes, it is. If you go to the, if you go to our featured page, you'll find the featured video right at the top. And then right below that, you'll see a slider cycling through all the articles that, um, that I described to you earlier. Right. Well, one of the things Robin mentioned, and Robin, you mentioned the website blogs, and I noticed that you're blogging. It looks like every day you're putting up a new article. I don't know where you get that kind of energy or time to do that, but if individuals are interested, it's it any topic or do you all have specific specific topics that you would like to see individuals blog on? Well, we, we'd like to have specific topics. We don't want to limit people to what, the, what they write on. Uh, anything in genealogy can fit into one of our topics. Okay, that's a challenge, everybody. Anything <laughs> on genealogy, okay. And, you know, one of the things you did say, I, I mean, I heard you say that, you don't necessarily have to write about Charleston, South Carolina. It can come from no. anywhere. Right. See, and and with this activity we're getting on the blog and social media, that's that's what we have until the opening of the of the museum. And that's how we'll we'll really already be started way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there's another a question coming out of the chat. So, uh, does it have to be new content, or can people take a blog that they've posted somewhere else and submit it to you? They could do that. They can do mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. okay. 
Sometimes we have to see content more than once. It doesn't matter. We have to see things over and over to get it right. <laughs> yes, that right. is true. That is true. So repetition is not a, a problem for you to no. have that and for, on your Absolutely. Right. Oh, So I'm going to say right now, Genealogy Jen, that's your challenge. We're looking for you Yay. to have something on <laughs> the Good. Uh, the blog. Okay, that is that's wonderful. Good. And we're hoping so, that James Morgan the Third will grace us with an article about Prince Paul Mason's. Yes. Okay, James Morgan the Third. That's your challenge. We want to see your article. <laughs> Some of these will have to be researched much more because I know looking at. Um, well, I'll go into this a little bit later under one of my questions. But Masons, our people were Masons, and we were Masons. They were, and they were, they were um, in churches, and all of that in in eighteen hundreds. If you don't know right. it, it's just because you have to look. Yes, and you do and have to look. Teach you, they teach you a place that, that you can learn about it is the newspaper. The newspaper has the beginnings of a lot of different um, ideas. Institutions, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The churches, the fraternal organizations, um Cemeteries. Those early historical newspapers are a great place to learn about what was happening um, during during Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. You take mm-hmm. a, a line. You take that newspaper, new one newspaper in one area where your ancestors lived, and you study from the you know from the beginning to the first issues of the last. And you'll have a lot. Mm-hmm. You will. The area where your ancestors were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely. so the question is: Will there be any collaborations with other museums, like the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, and your Absolutely. museum and others around the country? Absolutely. We 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 um, mm-hmm, we are looking to collaborate with anyone whose whose mission is similar. And um, we, th- there are a lot of opportunities to create some great um, synergy through that. So, yes, indeed, we will collaborate with local archives. We'll collaborate with national archives and museums and possibly get some good initiatives going to digitize some records collaboratively with some record holders. Why? Well, uh, there was a question that uh, that popped up about your funding. Where does the funding mm-hmm. come from to support the museum and the Center right. for Family History? Yes, the the museum is a um, is a nonprofit uh, organization, and um, the fundraising has been going very well. Uh, we we have some wonderful people in in uh, Charleston who are handling the fundraising, um, but it comes from a variety of sources: um, private individuals, um, companies such as uh, Boeing and Blackboard International have uh, made generous uh, donations. The state uh, will be uh, has pledged um, support 
for the museum as well as the city of Charleston. So the funding comes from a variety of channels. Mhm. So mm-hmm. okay, so what's the next? What's next? What's you know for the future? Tell us what's what's going on. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of exciting things <laughs> that uh what we're doing right now, you know, is we're one by one we're launching our programs, our collecting programs or our um uh launching our pages on specific types of records for for people to come and research with. So next week we will be launching uh the beginning of our collection of USCT pension files. And this is something that we're really excited about because, as you know, it's USCT pension files can be very hard to get. Um, they're available at the National Archives, and so if you if you don't live uh, near the National Archives, you have to you know order um, from afar or find someone to retrieve the USCT pension file for you, a professional. Um, but as hard as they are to get, they're some of the richest resources for African American genealogy. And I, uh, as you wrote, Bernice, in your article on the um, on the website when we launched, that there are details in USCT pension files that are so rich that you can't get at by any other documentary records. And the reason for that is that people had to almost jump through hoops to prove who they were, to prove their military service, and to prove their marriages, to prove the births of their children. Well, as you know, many of those records were not kept during slavery. And so uh, quite often, people who were applying for a pension had to rely on gathering witnesses who were at their marriage or witnesses who know that their former spouse, uh, you know, is deceased, things of that nature. And so you get these pages and pages and pages of testimony. And along the way, you learn an awful lot about the veteran and you learn an awful lot about the witnesses who testified for the veteran. So next week, we're putting up our first two um, USCT pension files and our USCT pension file page. And from there forward, we will be ordering and uh, posting four USCT pension files every month. So we're just absolutely over the moon thrilled to be able to do that. And then second, uh, today... Well, wait a minute now. Well, look, we're excited now, okay? You have just said something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about these pension files. So you're going yes, to put these these pension files will be digital files. Yes, ma'am. That people will be able to download or will they only be able to look at it on your site? What we're going to do because as you know Fold 3 is digitizing USCT pension files and so they have the compilation copyright to digitize uh, the full collection of USCT pension files. So what we'll be doing with with these files is we'll be putting them up on the website and doing additional research to to make that, that into an entirely new research article. So we'll look at, we'll summarize 
the biographical details of the person who's applying for the pension. We'll summarize every uh, witness's testimony. Um, and those pages, we will digitize them on the site. Um, and then the medical examinations, things of that nature that uh, don't have so much biographical information or may be sensitive, um, we won't be putting those pages up. However, anyone can contact us to receive a PDF of the full USCT pension file. So we're going to put up the, the important biographical details and then we're gonna go looking for records if if the if the USCT veteran states who the former slaveholder was, we're going to go and find records for that former slaveholder. Probate records, maybe plantation journals are preserved in in uh, in archives or on you know manuscript collections. And so we're going to take the file, summarize the biogra biography of all of those named in the file. And then we'll look for pertinent before emancipation records, and then we'll look for pertinent after emancipation records. Um, so we hope to not only just present that file, but to present sort of a, a starting heritage toolkit for understanding the experience of that particular USCT veteran and his family. Wow. Okay. So. Do you want others that already have files to send them to you? Yes, 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 we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, please! <laughs> and on the on the USCT pension file page that we'll be launching next week, we actually have a submit form on there where you can fill in the information, upload the, the digital pension file, and we will cherish your contribution and acknowledge you as the contributor. And if you want to work with us to develop a story around that pension file, we'd be happy to do that. It's so important to get these files out where researchers can find it. Just so important. Okay. We also have someone by the name of Angela, stating that she has dozens. Angela! <laughs> Girl, I'll be talking to you on Facebook chat tonight. <laughs> yes. Okay, so are oh you focusing goodness. on all regimens, or do you have specific regimens? And also, uh, will you consider doing mm -hmm. pension files from the Spanish-American War. That's interesting. Absolutely we would. Um, for any African-American ancestors who served in the Spanish-American War or the Indian Wars or uh, any other war for that matter. Uh, the War for 1812, the Revolutionary, you'll take absolutely. them all? Absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What a wonderful um, data resource uh, that would be, it would just be an invaluable collection. And yes, indeed, we urge, if you have ordered a pension file for your ancestor and you would like to contribute it to the digital archive, please, by all means, do so. Okay. Okay. This That's is exciting. wonderful. That's this exciting. This is so <laughs> exciting. It really yes. is. So what else do we have to look forward to in addition to the pension well, files? 
Well, Robin got, has um, some initiatives that she'll be launching. Yeah, there's some. Uh, one is family reunions. I've watched on Facebook especially, uh, I've seen so many different family reunions. I'd like to mention one that was from Rolanda White. Because we started this research probably in 2005, as it had to have been. And she, um, it was my uh, grandmother, actually second grand, second great grandmother, and her husband were related, and we were actually related on two two sides. But she did a family reunion, and she did the book. And um, I want to acknowledge her, and we also she also is sending us. Is a really thick book of all of her research. We know that there, there are people out there that put together books and do reunions, and we want to want to acknowledge them. And this also can be a finding place for people. They can find more of their family by going through these reunion books. That's one. Now, there's another one, and that is on cemeteries. Um, last year and a couple of years before, I was working on restoring a cemetery. And we we worked on a lot of things. We found that the cemetery was named Fairview, sorry, Fairview Cemetery, but it was renamed. It was named also another name. And it was a slave cemetery. And it was totally forgotten and grown over. And in the process of that one, we found others in the same area that were like that. Now, we used that newspaper, and that brought us to lots of different records. That brought us to death records, funeral home records, Masonic arrest records, um, just you name it. And Tony gave me a good idea that we'll start a pilot page. And I'll put everything up there that we found for the cemetery. And it includes Abbeville and Greenwood County. Um, oh, another thing is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And another thing is churches. We are, we're not um, get going to the church records like we should. In the in the 1800s, there were records for church records. There were there were records for African Americans, but there were records for African Americans in a white cemetery, buried in white cemetery. And I found them, and they weren't even they weren't named on on find the grave. They were just the whites. And I said, "What about us? We're there." They didn't even. Do the land, uh, make the land, you know. Well, I added them. Some of them are related to me. But I believe we can find the cemeteries and link back that way, too. Okay, so in addition to you want reunion books, uh, do you you want to receive those books hard copy or PDF? Whichever, whichever they would like. PDF okay. is ideal. Um, we're, PDF is ideal. We're we're going to have a small print collection 
in the center yeah. when the museum opens. Um, okay. But un- until then, um, uh, and one thing we also can do is if you only have one copy of your um, family reunion booklet and you'd like to, to share that with us, um, you know, we can copy that, digitize it, and send the hard copy back to you and also send you a digital copy that you'll have to share with your other family members, too. Okay. Uh, Now, another question. Do you want any books donated specifically addressing African Americans, or would it be any, any group? Well, um, once we open the the center, we will have a small print collection. It's it's not going to be very large. We don't have an awful lot of um, floor space in the museum, so we don't have like a a physical space to store archival materials. So, sort of our philosophy on on um, on collecting will be to digitally capture and then uh, and then give the original materials back to the um the contributor along with a rec- uh, copy of the digital copy so they can share that with their family as well. Mm-hmm. So as much as we can we'll be trying to to stay to digital um media but um we will have a small print collection when we open. Okay. And I noticed you were posting some new initiatives uh, tonight on Facebook. So tell us about uh, at least one of your new initiatives that you posted. Yes, we're very excited tonight. We launched our Bible record collecting program. And um, this is something we've been excited about for, for a long time to come because, as you know, so much uh, family history is recorded in in the first few pages of the family Bible. And when you're talking about then going back to enslaved people, so many of the biographical details for enslaved people were recorded in the first few pages of the slaveholders family Bible. And so we will be, we will be, um, uh, seeking contributions of any family Bible material that mentions African Americans, whether it comes from a family donating their Bible record or whether it comes from a descendant of a former slaveholder um, contributing the pages from their family Bible that document enslaved people. Um, we've put up a page today, and we're really excited to get this going. Um, because we're happy to say that we actually have something to give back in this initiative. If you will be so kind as to share your family Bible records with us for our digital collection, we will send you an archival-grade acid-free storage box uh, with archival-grade acid-free paper to pad your family Bible and store it in the Bible storage box to preserve it for generations to come. So it's wonderful to be able to actually give something back in a way that's meaningful that will help preserve the records that are being contributed 
to us. So we have an upload form on there. We're accepting um, scans or photographs or transcriptions of your Bible records. And you, to participate, you simply go fill out the form. Um, you can share, if you like, at that time, you can share a story about your family or about the family Bible, you know, how it was passed down in the generations. Um, and then just fill in the form to tell us where to send you your archival uh, storage box, and we'll get that on the way to you from Gaylord Archival. Wow, that's exciting. We well, are excited. You know, imagine yes. those records have not really been out there anywhere for for people to use and research. And it, this has the, you know, the um, potential to be a tremendously um, rich research resource. So we, we're hoping that people will come and, and contribute and uh, we are we are hoping to build a really great collection. Right. Now, we have a, a couple of questions. Uh, one of the questions, uh, and I think Robin said something about the cemeteries. So suppose someone is aware of a cemetery where uh, formerly enslaved people were buried. Do you want them to send that information to you, uh, Robin, or are you yeah. only looking in South Carolina? No, everywhere. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. The reason to say some some of the people moved from South Carolina when they got here. You know. Right. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. And then there's a question about the museum itself. Is there another mm-hmm. museum like this anywhere? Not just the U.S., but anywhere. And the second part of that question is. Will donated records, once digitized, be retained forever so future descendants can research those uh, records? Yes. Okay, so uh, I can answer that last question uh, first. Absolutely. This is a, this is a permanent uh, digital archive that we are building so that uh, – any materials that you contribute will be accessible from the very day that you contribute them all the way into the future. So we're building uh, the collection for longevity, and we will maintain that uh, database in perpetuity. So that's a, it's a wonderful way to have a permanent and secure place um, to archive your family history. And then uh, – are there other museums like this anywhere? I would imagine that there are. Um, I think that's probably a question that that um, someone on the museum staff would be better uh, able to answer um, than me. But um, I'm sure there are other museums that, that tell similar stories. Um, I'm not sure if they, if they have you know, genealogy research centers in them. I know the Smithsonian's uh, National Museum of African-American History and Culture uh, it has a genealogy center that they're developing. But I, mm-hmm. I just love the idea of us being in the museum because it, it's really a, great, a re- really a great place for us to be able to assist a lot of people. 
Right, and as you you said earlier, they walk away with a very meaningful and personal experience because they walk away with information about their family Mm -hmm. members. Okay, so another question, it it relates directly to the Bible records. Mm -hmm. Um, Are are you all connecting with organizations like the Daughters and Sons of the Confederacy since many of the Bible records may be in the hands of the slaveholder descendants? Mm-hmm. We will be. We're going to be doing an awful lot of outreach to descendants of former slaveholding families to share those records with us. I think more and more um, people uh, recognize the importance of those records that have ended up in in their family papers. They more and more descendants of slaveholders recognize that those records are important to share. And um, so, yes, we will be doing quite some outreach to um, organizations such as that and then also to, in general, descendants of former slaveholders who have these records in their Bibles. We're also going to um, discuss with other archives who have online collections perhaps a, a, an organized effort to digitize Bible records, sort of like when we in the blogging community have a blog carnival. Yeah. Um, you know, we're thinking about talking with several um, institutions that have family papers among their manuscript collections and maybe getting together a collaborative effort to get those Bible records from those collections up on the internet with all these institutions participating and collaborating. Well, that is wonderful. So we're close to the end of the show, and do either of you have any parting thoughts before we close out tonight? Robin? Um, I just want everybody to think about one thing, two things. One, our our own archives in our home and getting that archive to where other people can see it. Because when I put up one of my blogs, I found I had family from another, from another, from Rolanda that I didn't even know. It can't just sit in our house. It's got to be out there. And if you put it out at the, at the museum, other people can come and look. Mhm. And my thoughts That's would right. be Mhm. My thoughts would be to first of all, I want to thank you Bernice um for for just helping us raise awareness of that the website is live and that we have these resources out there. And you know, I would urge people to um to come and begin to use the resources that we're offering and and urge people to take an active part in helping us build the collections as well. Um, and to always feel free to contact us with research questions. And I really would, if you'll indulge me for a moment, like to just mention one thing. And that was when we launched our social media um, in celebration of that, we hosted a Facebook event called Search Saturday. Um, in collaboration with Black Progen Live. And I just wanted to uh, sincerely thank everyone who came and helped us 
field questions. It was a, um, a Facebook event where you could log on and then you can ask a genealogy expert your question about genealogy. And we had so many people coming to help, so many experts coming to help on the panel and so many inquiries. We were able to help more than 200 participants get immediate help with their um, with their genealogy, and you, Bernice, and Angela Walton Raji, Nika Smith, Renata Arbor Sanders, Linda Buck Sims, Shelley Murphy, Teresa Vega, Ellen Fernandez Sacco, Akosua Moore, Kimberly Morgan, Yvette Porter Moore, Tania Kuntz, Shannon Christmas, Victoria Robinson, and Shelley Hightower were all there helping us field questions. <laughs> hey, are you going to do it again? I am sure we will. I'm not sure we'll do a 10-hour event again because I think we were all totally, totally exhausted. I'll tell you what, though, from the time we started at noon until after we ended at 10 o'clock, we never, ever, ever slowed down. We had just solid questions being submitted the whole time. So it would be a wonderful thing to do it again. Yes, yeah, and some of the participants are saying it was fun. It was fun. So that's <laughs> we <had a> blast. <laughs> great. Yes, Absolutely. yes, yes. Well, Tony Carrier and Robin Foster, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all of the work that you have put into the International African American Museum Center for Family History. And I tell you, Every time I log on to Facebook and I see something <laughs> popping up, I immediately read it and then share it because you have <laughs> such a wealth of information that's available to everyone. So I love your enthusiasm. I love what you're doing. And so thank you very much. And I cannot wait until the museum opens. So thank you for just sharing with us tonight everything that we want to know, need to know, and folks go to the website and check it out. Remember, everyone, I want you to just remember this. Your ancestors left footprints, just like Robin said. You know, your archive is in your house, but you do need to share that archive. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and beyond in AfroGenius Facebook pages. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji and also watch for the Black Progen Live with host Nika Sewell-Smith. Thank you so much for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio, and I look forward to you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and co-host Patricia Glover Howard holding down the chat room tonight. Good night, everyone. Good night, Tony Carrier and Robin Foster. Good night. Good Thank night. you, Bernice.